The mechanic is in on KFGO. Bruce Becker is from 801 Automotive and Transmission Service in Moorhead, Minnesota. Joins us in the studio once a month to take all your automotive questions. Bruce, welcome back to the studio. Hey, he's very happy to be here today. Yeah, and a, a congratulations is in order because last time we saw you, you didn't have a granddaughter. That's right. My, and, my first granddaughter on my daughter's side, so... I have two granddaughters on my son's side, but now yes. we have another granddaughter, so <laughs> very exciting. And you survived taking care of the grand boys. That's right, three of them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, we're talking two, almost four, and eight. That's what you call nonstop action. That is yeah, nonstop action for sure. <laughs> well, congratulations to your family. That's exciting. That's a fun year to start the new year out. Absolutely. Got it right before the end of the year. She uh, Taking care of Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can text in now if you've got a question for Bruce. Text us at 35270. You can also call us on our Laney Studio line. That's 237-5948-800-880-5346. Bruce, um, this time of year, we're always talking about tires. That seems to be a consistent. But, wow, these roads have not been great this year. You could, You can tell... Real quick, if you don't have great tires on these roads. It's no doubt about it. The ice on the roads this year, it's been a very long time since it's lasted so long. And every day when I see just a little melting, I think, oh, it's going to get better. But And people have really listened and got on board, and the winter tire sales has definitely skyrocketed, yeah. no doubt about it. And people are getting it, and... And people who have them are telling their friends and giving them a ride. And, and it's an amazing gig. So certainly you can make it better. Obviously, ice is ice and it's slippery. But when you can get a little better tire for just the confidence of driving the winter, these tires have changed so much and you can use them all year round. So no more monkey business change back, change back. One set will last all year. These winters are good reminders for a lot of things when it comes to our car, the tires, of course. But it's also the time of year when you remind people that if they do get stuck, to not do more damage than they've already done to their vehicle. Absolutely. And we see this as winter plugs on. Now, it's only January. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, how many more months of this is going to happen? And as winter plugs on, we see that people's frustration grows and more damage to their cars happens because of their frustration. So always remember, if you get stuck, there's no reason to make your tires bald. It's not going to help. You know, in just a minute or two, you know that you need help and use that cell phone and get someone that knows what they're doing so they don't hook onto your car and damage it and get it pulled out of the snowbank because Icy roads, we see them all the time. Their front end's way up in the air and their tires aren't on the ground. Mm -hmm. Things will happen to your car, so get help. I think, to me, the most important thing there is you need to know the person who's randomly putting a hook underneath your car. You know, just because they hook it onto something that feels like it holds, that bumper will give way. In fact, just the other day, I saw someone's entire bumper being pulled behind by a car who was probably trying to help him getting out of a oh, nice no. uh, little snow drift. And, and front-wheel drive cars, the rear suspension is so light, you think, well, I'll just hook onto the axle. Well, that those pieces are so light. If you can find where they hooked onto to tie it down on the ship that it was brought here or on the train, that's where you want to get to somewhere which has some beef so you know that you don't damage something. 
because it can happen. Isn't it weird that they don't put something on there? Just, you know, like, why don't they include that? And here's another question for you, too, Bruce. Is if someone has a tow package on their car, can you confidently, like, link on to where the tow package is? Where, and, the, and tow, where, the, where the trailer hitch is? Absolutely. There, that's a good place to hook onto it. If you do have a trailer hitch, that should be good. And, uh, you know, you want to be careful. I've seen trailer hitches break right off the ball so you want to be careful you don't want to have a big jerk on it because i've i personally witnessed the trailer hitch ball breaking off but if you're just tugging and of course an easy pull without spinning that's the best for everyone all right bruce we got to get to the text club because people are already asking questions if you've got something you want bruce to answer well gosh i'm telling you first of all this guy's a walking encyclopedia when it comes to vehicles 701-237-5948. That's the Laney Studio line to get on the phone. Or you can text 35270. Your first question, Bruce. I have a 2007 vehicle, which I have always used 530W oil changes on. Is there a better grade of oil to use now that it has higher miles? Nope. 530 should just be fine. Um, you know, the engines are designed to run 530. If that was what it was di- designed for, that is great. You shouldn't trying to cover up something with thicker oil or thinner oil is not a great idea. You know, the company made great strides to make this run as efficient as possible. And 530, if that's what it calls for, that's what we suggest. You could certainly run synthetic oil. Somebody, some people say, oh no, it's got too many miles to run synthetic oil. Um, synthetic oil has less friction. It doesn't leak out more. Those things are myths. There's no doubt about it. Um, and the, the advantage is you could go longer between oil changes. Now, if you have a car that uses oil, maybe then it's not worth it because you're going to add oil along the way. A 2008 GMC Sierra and the little two-amp fuse for the anti-theft device blows randomly. I've been through three in about a year. So we have to look. We just have to chase the wire. Where... Where does the fuse blow? If we can make it blow instantly, it's always much easier. But if the two-amp fuse blows, the very first thing when we blow fuses, what's plugged into your cigarette lighter? And I don't know where this two-amp fuse is that's in theft, but we always look at that first. Do you have a phone charger in there? Do you have a certain phone charger? Or is it another another reason that it blows? Is it when you just use your one key but not the other key or is it when you auto start it so once you figure out when we can blow the fuse we should be able to follow the circuit and how do they do that there's a wiring diagram it's joe it goes right from the fuse back to all the places and we start checking resistance on the wire so certainly able to figure it out but you probably continuing to put a fuse in and by all means do not put a bigger fuse in that will that will definitely find the problem with you know a lot of damage Okay, another one that sounds like it might be electrical. This is a 2008 Pacifica. The car won't start consistently. Uh, When it won't start, it won't even crank. I've checked the starter. Alternator battery is at 100%. Solenoid relay ignition switch. I've put an extra ground from the battery to the transmission. Got a jump. Still nothing. Not always, but maybe one out of four attempts. That's good. One out of four attempts. That's pretty darn often. And so... The very first step here is when you're trying to start it, go right to the starter and you hold the key on when it won't start and you get down with the test light and you find out, did the starter energize? 
if everything came down to the starter and the starter powers up there and the right terminals light up, you know you need to go to a starter. If those things don't happen, then you'll go back to the ignition switch and the theft theft uh, sequence. Uh, do you ever rub toothpaste on uh, on the the headlights? You ever see that trick? I've seen that trick. Um, I'm worried that I if I do that, I'm going to end up with just minty headlights, and it's not going to clear any of that cloudiness. Well, but you, your car will be fresh. Fresh smelling. <laughs> yeah, it'll be <laughs> crestfully clean. Um, there's a lot of things that you can put on your headlights, you know, all kinds of things if you go on YouTube. Um, there's a little kit that you can get at a parts store. If you're going to try to do this yourself, that's probably the best. It's not – Amazon has it too, and it's got a couple buff wheels and some special compound, and they will make the headlights better. Um, one thing about it, you're going to sand and grind on the headlights. That means they'll get worse faster oh okay so on many many cars you can buy through uh part stores or online sources you can buy replacement headlights and they're not very expensive and by far the more permanent fix this is the mechanic is in on kfgo taking all your automotive questions is bruce becker is from a1 automotive and transmission service in moorhead Taking your questions at 35270, or you can call us at 237-5948. The mechanic is in here on KFGO. In our our text club, Bruce Becker, someone's asking, are you seeing the prices of used vehicles coming down? I mean, I know you don't sell vehicles at A1 Automotive, but any ideas on what's happening there? In in the used vehicles that I get to drive, you know, some people come and they have me drive their car. I'm surprised by how high the prices of used vehicles are. And the reflection of that is that people are very much repairing vehicles right now because the used vehicle market is so hard. And you just don't know what you're getting. So, you know... Certainly, before you buy used vehicles, spend some time making sure you know what you're getting. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Bruce, is with the hurricane down in Florida and now the flooding we've seen in California, we ta- we've talked about this before where all of a sudden you might start seeing more vehicles in the market, but making sure that you didn't get something that was you know, essentially salvaged out to some extent and you don't buy something that maybe is sitting under three feet of water. Certainly, certainly there's a, you know, Carfax. Certainly try to find a Carfax on a car if you're buying one, especially, you know, like CarMax and Carteva now where you can virtually buy a car online and they'll deliver it to your, to your house. Beware of where this is coming from. That doesn't mean it's not a good service. You just need to do your due diligence to know where this car came from because lots of cars will be cleaned up and water is not your car's friend. Are service shops using a different blend of 020 synthetic oil to keep the price down on an oil change? Nope, I don't think so. I don't think there I don't think there is that option. Uh, most shops are using Mobile One. Um, there is some alternative purchases. I don't see a big price point. Um, sometimes if you buy oil at of a big box store that has a special or, or, you know, a big discount box. Sometimes you'll get a little bit of a special, but a dollar or two on a court, that would be a lot of savings in my opinion. 
Okay, and then what is the approximate usage of for low? I was helping pull someone out, and we were having a difficult time. They suggested I shift into for low. Okay, so for low is when you're going to go slow, and you're going to creep ahead because for low, you don't want to spin your tires in for low, and it's much easier on your car when you're in for low because the tr- everything, your gear ratio is virtually doubled. So you have much more power. Does it give you more towing capacity? No. But if you're in a soft field and you have a trailer and you have a load of wood on it, four low is going to be your car's friend because it will make the car so that the wheels will go slower with a lot of power. The caution about four low. Sometimes it's a trick to get your car out of four low. So you need to know the rules are almost always the same. Car in neutral, foot on the brake, door closed, and then it should come out. (laughs) If you do anything else, in drive, in reverse, uh, not foot on the brake, it won't go out. And the easiest way to know how it works, owner's manual or YouTube, figure out how to get it out of four low because it's easy to get it in. But even at the car wash, they get it into four low. They're washing the wipe and the dash off. A couple car washes still do that. They flip that knob into four low, can't get it out. Bruce Becker is from A1 Automotive is with us. The mechanic is in until 2 o'clock. You can text in your question to 35270 or get on the Laney Studio line, 701-237-5948. You're listening to It Takes Two on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM, KFGO. The questions are stacking up here in our text club at 35270 for Bruce Beckeris. He is our mechanic. He's here once a month. It is the second Monday of the month from 1 to 2 o'clock. Okay, where are we at here? Um, small engine. That's the one. Should the engine run till gas, till out of gas before storage or left with gas in a stabilizer? Is this the same for a stored vehicle? Not a, sto- a stored vehicle. You're never going to run that out of gas, so don't try but a small engine, if it has a fuel shut off, certainly turn the fuel off. Put put whatever you decide in there. Um, stable, um, seafoam, this new product called Tecron. Put that in the fuel, and you know, hopefully when the tank's not very full on a small engine, and then turn the gas off and run it till it stops. If you can drain that gas out and put it in your car, perfect. Get rid of that gas in the snowmobile or lawnmower or snowblower. But the okay. car... Uh, good fuel, uh, some kind of stabilizer, if it's going to sit a long time, will help your life. Okay. Um, let's see. Bruce, are the electric inline fuel pumps dependable for an older carburetor pickup? Hard to start when sitting a while. Yes. Electric fuel pumps are dependable. Uh, one thing about it, you might need a pressure regulator because... Sometimes the fuel pump will continue to run and flood the carburetor over. So you want to do some research if you try to put an inline electric fuel pump in. Um, one thing about it, if you have problems with your carburetor, the electric fuel pump won't fix that. Okay. Uh, let's see. 
when it's under 15 degrees, I can't put gas into my tank without... Um, where is this? Without, without the, the gun, gun. Without the gun triggering off. I have to keep my hand on it to keep putting gas in every 30 cents at a time. It's a 2006 caravan, if that matters. When it's warmer out, it's no problem. For some reason, the EVAP system is plugged up, whether it's full of dirt or whether there's a hose pinched off. But that has to vent. And when it's colder out, maybe we have moisture in there even, and maybe it's frozen. So I would bet that you have the check engine light on, and I bet if we checked it, it would have EVAP codes, which is fuel escaping or venting from the fuel tank. So um, certainly a, a easy, pretty easy fix, you know, at a shop. They'll do what's called a smoke test where they'll inject smoke into the tank, and they'll see what kind of flow is in all the places that it goes, and then they can get it so it'll fill up just fine. Okay. Um, hopefully that helped. You can text your questions in to 35270 or you can give us a call at 237-5948. Okay, this is for an F-150. The compressor is making a loud noise. Starting the engine sounds loud. It runs even louder. It was better in the <coughs> summer when I turned the AC off. Okay, so the, the air the, he's talking about the air conditioning compressor and something must be going wrong inside that compressor to make noise. Air conditioning compressor runs, a lot of people don't know this, whenever you put it on defrost, if your car has air conditioning, your air conditioning compressor runs. And the reason it does that is to dehumidify the inside of the car. So that's why you would hear the air conditioning compressor. And there is no real fix. If you have a noisy air conditioning compressor, they'll have to get that off of there and replace it. Okay. Uh, this one is a GMC Yukon XL from 2003. It won't go over 20 miles per hour. RPMs go high when accelerating. And you said 2003, right? 2003. Okay. Well, the very first thing would be, I wonder if we, if it won't accelerate, we start to think about, okay, why is it restricted? And so either we have not enough fuel or we have too much back pressure. Those would be the first things. Uh, catalytic converter uh, being restricted would be the first thing that would come to mind or fuel filter plugged. If it goes better when you barely are on the gas, that would lead to both these things. If you stand on the gas really hard and it makes a clattering noise, that would almost always mean the catalytic converter is bad because of back pressure. Uh, without driving this, we can't really know, but we're assuming that the transmission will function on very light throttle. When it comes to analog brake systems, I know a lot of people say, like, the second I feel that kind of pump, 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 they pull their foot off of the brake immediately because it feels like you're doing something wrong. Should you keep it depressed if your analog brake system pump comes on? As hard as it is to stay on the brakes, that analog brake system, if it's buzzing, is slowing you down just as fast as you can slow down. But it's very hard. Even for me, it's very hard. And the first thing, always remember, head to the snow. So if you're on glare ice and there's wheel tracks in the middle and you can creep over in the middle, your tires have more traction on snow than they do on ice. And if you if you're, it keeps your wheels from spinning, so they're still slowing down when that ABS is spinning, and it will stop you, but it's a helpless feeling. Let's get to the phone lines. Bill, you're on with Bruce Beckeris. Go ahead, Bill. Hi, Bill. 
Hello, Bill, are you there? Hmm. Okay, let me um. We Bill, take a little sit, break, sit and then tight, we'll yeah. try to we'll try to get him back. <laughs> this is it takes two. Amy Eiler, JJ Gordon, Bruce Becker is here until two o'clock on KFGO. Okay, we think he's back. Bill, are you are you there with us now? You're on with Bruce. Yes. Yes, I am. Okay, uh, go ahead. A 2017 Pacifica. Yep. I just wonder how you can how you can get gas in it when you run out with a gas can because it won't. I don't know if there's an anti-siphon deal on the where you put gas in, but I I can't get gas in it. When you is there a funnel? You need a you need a long nose funnel to stick down through there to get gas in there. Are you right? Did you run out of gas right now? No, no, but I've, I've, it's happened to me in the past and I'm sure it'll happen again. I just like to carry something in the car because if you just come with a gas can, you can't even add gas. You can make, they make a longer funnel, a longer funnel. It's about two feet long and it's really narrow and you should be able to push that into the tank and the gas should go in. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for the call, Bill. We'll continue to take your calls on the phone lines, 237-5948. In our text club, it says, I live on a gravel road and drive at least 10 miles on gravel every day. I'm constantly having to service my EVAP system. Are these two things related? Absolutely. And there's a lot of General Motors made a kit to relocate the intake. And we virtually run a hose all the way up underneath the hood by the hood hinges to get this from stop happening. If you have a car that continues to have EVAP problems, if we could figure out a way to remotely mount that intake air, that will help a ton. No doubt about it. It's related to dirt. So there is something that, that she... It, yes, we don't what kind of car... Did, well, we don't know what kind of car yeah, she has. No. Text we us text, back what yeah. kind of car you have, <laughs> and we can talk about it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Okay, we know was we know what kind of cars are driving on this gravel now. Yeah, not and it's cars. cars they they uh, took us through the whole history. So in 08 Lucerne, uh 2013 Silverado and in a 2018 Suburban. And both the Silverado and the Suburban, those are eligible to relocate the intake for the dirt. So that's those are definitely ones that could be addressed. The Lucerne, we'd have to look and see where it is, where the intake is on that. It's not as common on that because they're not driving in as much dirt, and I would hope that you're not having as much trouble with the Lucerne as the others. But, yep, dirt and EVAP codes, especially on a really dry year like we just had, certainly plugs up the system. Okay. Um, someone says, uh, how often do you need to change transmission fluid and differential fluid? Dif- differential fluid, in most cases, should be 100,000 miles. Every car has a service maintenance guide. Um, There is some cars, there's some Honda all-wheel drives that are looking for service on the differential like every 40,000. I think it's a good idea to do that. Um, And there's some transmissions that say 60, but most of them say 100,000 miles. And many transmissions say lifetime fill. So just because someone tells you you need... uh, transmission service or a differential service you should ask them to print out the service guide and 
contrary to popular belief, we are not in extreme use in Fargo. You're not in extreme use? Not in use? extreme use. Yeah, because there's two kinds. There's normal service and there's extreme service. And, of course, extreme means we're going to change the fluid all the time. We don't have that here. We have good roads. We're not we're not working our cars oh, hard. I see. We're not in the mountains. You know, our cars just put along. There and <laughs> they're just normal service. So, you know, if you call me at work, I'll figure out when it needs to be. If you call any reputable shop, they'll look right on this service table and say, Yes, it's due now and or no, it's not. And more important to that, you should know if your car has a timing belt. And those are things that you should really worry about. If your timing belt needs to be changed, you should change that on time. Okay. Um, my car came with a funnel was in by the spare tire. This person texted in. So. Yeah, that's for filling the gas. Oh, 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 that's this is from the gas one. This is oh, from that the makes gas. sense. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Yeah, like, there you go. Um, oh, interesting. I was like, how does this come together? Yep, there you go. Oh. Uh, let me ask you a quick question about wind noise. Okay. So this person says that they get wind noise in their Honda really bad above 55 miles per hour. They had a windshield replaced in August. Could that be the cause? Absolutely. And if it came right after that windshield place, go back there and say, something's up here. Something's out of place. And they'll get the windshield out and they'll figure out what's out of place because that can happen. Uh, Bruce, today we got in the KFGO vehicle and there was frost on the inside, not on the outside of the windshield. Yep. Uh, no, I drove some cars already today like that. Too. Okay. Is it anything? Did someone do something wrong? Nope. Do I need to be nope. mad or? Nope. High humidity day. Um, sometimes the frost gets on the inside. And that used to be really common, you know, when you try to drive when there was snow on the hood and you would take off and you would like feel the snow come through the vents. That'll frost up the inside more than ever. But if the car has been inside anywhere warm and comes outside, frost will come on the inside. And if for some reason it was really warm when it got shut off, frost can form on the inside and it just takes a bit to come off. Nothing wrong with the car. Now, if your windshield seems more foggy on the inside and you smell something sweet, that's a sign the heater core is bad. That is something wrong. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you smell something sweet. Huh? Oh, yeah. It'll be very sweet. It'll just be almost like you could taste it. Really? Yep. And it'll just mist out through the vents, and that'll put a film inside the windshield right now, and you go, oh, this is not good. See, that's why we keep Bruce Beckers around here. You learn something new every time the mechanic is in. There you go. Now if he could fix your leg. because Yeah. You- <laughs> I, I hurt my leg on a car door. Can you fix that, too? Like, oh, no. Yeah. Nope. Turns Old out the car door is only- it's a lot heavy, heavier metal than my leg is. So. Okay. Car door versus JJ's leg. Car door wins every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you get a special skit about this. <laughs> <laughs> A1 Automotive, how are people going to find you in Moorhead? You can always give us a call, 218-233-6161. And you can always find us at 2627 16th Avenue South, just 11 blocks north of the Moorhead Menards and one block west on 16th Avenue. And I'm going to give a personal shout out. We got new tires on my wife's car and she says it's like driving a brand new car. So Bruce put us in the right direction. I appreciate that, buddy. Hey, I thank you so much. Isn't it so fun? Oh. New tire day is the best day. Jill, I mean, <laughs> I think Jill was ready to cry. She I know. Was, these new tires, she's like, I can finally drive this car without having to hit the brake a block before I <laughs> encounter a stop sign. Yeah. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. All right.